I'm Sarah Resnick. And I'm LaShawn Moore. And we are the hosts of the Weave Podcast, a project of the weaving yarn shop, Just Yarn and Fiber. Hi, everyone. This week on the podcast, I'm talking to Kate Janetta. Kate is an artist and weaver who lives and works in New York City. As a Filipino-American and islander, the sea is an important part of her identity, and the ocean, islands, and land are common threads repeated throughout her work. Kate is also a GIST yarn ambassador, which means she regularly works with our yarn and designs beautiful projects to share with our community on our weekly blog. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm excited to be talking to you today. Thank you for having me. Can you start out by introducing yourself and sharing how you found your way towards weaving? Sure. Um, my name is Kate, Kate Janetta, and I'm an artist, um, and by day I work as a designer and photographer for a museum here in New York, um, and I'm a new weaver. I uh, recently discovered weaving probably uh, a year ago. That's great. How did you find your way towards, how did you find your way to start weaving? Uh, so I... I uh, was pregnant with my second child, my son, and I found that I couldn't paint anymore because of all the fumes. So um, I started by getting into garment sewing, and I had already sewn before, but I became kind of like con- like focused on sewing clothing, and then it became sort of like, wait, I can make fabric? It, it was just crazy to me. So I didn't realize, you know, that's a thing. So I started, uh, I bought a loom and I started with a rigid heddle and that that has uh, expanded. (laughs) But yeah, it's kind of, uh, it's it's so great. I really enjoy weaving and I'm so glad I found it. And I thank my my son, Nathan. (laughs) That's great. And well, and let's back up a little bit. So what was, what was it that drew you to becoming an artist? I know you, oh. you have formal training in art and all sorts of experience as a painter. And where did all of that begin for you? Um, you know, I had never imagined myself becoming an artist. I was in college. I was a philosophy major. And um, I didn't realize it at the time, but um, I had, like, major anxiety at school. And... It was only till I started taking art classes that I realized, wait a minute, uh, I think this is what I want to do. And it was, at the time, I was thinking, like, I sort of felt fell into it. And, yeah, I just never imagined that I would become an artist. But once I decided, you know, this is what I want to do, I kind of went full force. I took all the art classes, and I continued uh, studying in, like, a sort of, French atelier system, so it's very traditional art, um, like realism. And since then, I've been an artist <laughs> somehow. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. How do you find that your painting and your weaving practice influence each other? Ah, that's a good question. Um, so, you know, I actually haven't painted since I started weaving, so... Mm. My painting practice is not, um, I haven't been practicing painting, um, probably more sketching, and it's mostly about uh, weaving or weaving related. So I can't say that they influence each other. And one of the major shifts I noticed 
um, when I started weaving and probably with having kids is that there is a big change in focus from being kind of interior or internally focused to um, more connected. So as an artist and as a painter before having kids, I was really um, painting about stillness and solitude and kind of um, becoming, I guess, practicing a, you know, a meditation state when I was painting. Mm-hmm. And once I had kids, it became more about um, connecting with my heritage and who I am, especially as a Filipino-American, and having, you know, my kids and their kids kind of um, familiar and get to know uh, where they come from. Hmm. That's a really interesting shift. Did you find that that happened right away when you had your first kid or oh. did it happen more <laughs> gradually? Or I would say, you know, once I had Nina, who's my daughter, she's three and a half, I just felt something really weird. Like, it was kind of like a certain, like, sense that I had that was not there uh, became apparent or became present. So all of a sudden I started, um, I don't I just felt totally different. And I think it's for the better. And... It's been an amazing journey having kids and, you know, my evolving kind of art practice since having kids. Because a lot of people told me, like, you know, once you have kids, you're not going to be a painter anymore. You know, you're not going to be able to do what you want. And, like, I think I mentioned this to you in person when we met. Um, I really find that having kids can, you know, change your life in so many ways that aren't um, so much of a burden as they're portrayed. Um and I, I thought that I think that's one of the things that scared me about having kids was like, like, will I not be able to do what I want to do? And they have really, like, given me so much guidance and given me like a sense of purpose um, that I didn't have before having kids. So yeah, it's amazing. That is really great. That that is really mm-hmm. great. And you talked a lot about how when you had kids, you wanted to be exploring more about your Filipino American heritage and sharing Mm -hmm. that with them. And you've also written on your website that because of that heritage, the island and the sea is such an important part of your identity and your artwork. And I'm curious if you Mm -hmm. could talk about the sea and the island um, and that identity more generally and how you find yourself exploring it in your work or sharing it with your kids through that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So before I had kids, I had been working on, paintings that were kind of done like through meditation Um, and it was kind of like approaching my artwork with kind of like a blank slate or like kind of like an empty mind and having no preconceived thought of what I was going to do and letting whatever appear Um, and it was always kind of mountains, the ocean Um, and it took me a while to realize that I felt like I was kind of making landscapes of the Philippines, which I didn't realize initially. Um, So, yeah, I had started to use materials from the Philippines. Like I had a series of work called Cosmos, which was um, inspired, you know, by the night sky. And um, I used 
I mixed my chalk material with volcanic ash from the Philippines. So it started, I started to intentionally uh, include my identity as a Filipino American in my work as a painter. So that was pretty gradual. How do you find that coming into your textiles? I know you've also been studying indigenous Filipino textiles, and there's such a rich practice there. Yes. So I noticed as a painter that when I was trying to learn more about the Philippines that the there's a there's strong traditions in terms of like culinary traditions in the Philippines but and you know familial traditions but there I felt like there wasn't that much of a visual culture um so kind of these like symbols and um yeah like visual identity related to the Philippines for someone who grew up here it might be different from someone who grew up in the Philippines so it was kind of a search for that like a having that kind of visual identity as a Filipino and that's what led led me to uh learning about Filipino textiles uh because that uh weaving practice is quite strong in the Philippines and there are so many different types of indigenous Filipino weaving um that I found so yeah, that's probably one of the reasons I've I learned to weave too was that I found that there's so many kinds of weaving in the Philippines and I wanted to kind of learn how to do that. Hmm. What kinds of weaving and what kinds of materials were you learning about from there? So I think a lot of the Filipino weaving is done with cotton, but there's also um this kind of special fabric that's called pinya that's made of redded pineapple wow. fibers. So I think it's redded like linen and spun and then handwoven and it's on <clears throat> on very they're very fine um threads. So it makes this kind of crisp transparent fabric um that is uh, em- usually embroidered and used for formal wear. Um, and there's so many kinds. There's one uh, from Kalinga, which is up in the north, that uses a lot of red and black um, stripes, and they're called the peacock peacocks of the north because they have this kind of bold look. And um, in the south, there's more colorful geometric patterns. Um, so yeah, there's so many kinds. Have you been able to study that? Uh, are you travel? Are you traveling there to study, or is there a diaspora community where you live, where you're working with? I'm curious how you're learning about it. Um, that's a good question. Uh, so I used to travel to the Philippines every year hmm. um, it, until I had my kids. So it's kind of every other year now. Um, but I do hope to go there and really um, learn from. Uh, Filipino weavers and um, hope to, I guess, um, make sure that culture is, you know, kept going. So that's one of the, uh, I feel like that's kind of one of my missions that I have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So you've also written that your works are meditations of the elements, faded with time and distance, which I think is such a beautiful and evocative way of describing it. And I'm curious, is that um, still how you describe your weaving as you've gone into this new sort of shift? Mm. And also, if you could talk more about this. Sure. Um, yeah, so I think that that probably would best refer to uh, my paintings that are done, I guess paintings and drawings that are done by this reductive or kind of, uh, yeah, reductive process. So I would take a material and kind of lay it on the paper or canvas and then kind of erase away at it until something appeared. Mm. So um, in that way, it's kind of the appearance of the work was faded. Um, and it's kind of, there's kind of like a dreamlike quality um, to, I guess, my state in my painting and then also of the actual work itself. Like they're incredibly difficult to photograph because uh, you can't really focus on them because they're kind of just existing in like this in-between state between waking and dreaming. Hmm. Hmm. And what kind of materials and looms are you feeling most excited about exploring in your own weaving these days? Oh, uh, <laughs> I think everything. Uh, one of the things I noticed about weaving is that I am so into the technology of weaving. Hmm. So I really enjoy the process of uh, putting looms together and then kind of like restoring them to like their original. Like I have a 1953 Maycomer. Wow. Um, and I really, I guess, enjoyed that, um, it's kind of like an old technology, but, you know, still, it still works. Like, there's, these are, you know, my loom is from the 50s, and it still weaves amazing, you know, amazingly. And, uh, I, you know, as a designer, especially, um, a graphic designer, one of the things I have to do is stay on top of technology. So I kind of am into this new technology, and I'm also into old technology, uh, and I don't, I don't mean old, like it's, you know, it's gone, but I mean like, you know, these old, like old looms, um, you know, that people sometimes find in barns, like totally, you know, kind of covered in dust and stuff. I think it's so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally resonate and, and understand that feeling too. And I can see that in your work. There's, there's a feeling of those old materials, but also a freshness of your colors and your lines and... So you mentioned Thank that you're you. a, a designer and a graphic mm-hmm. designer, and I'm curious what kinds of things you're designing and working on by day, and if that ha- that is influenced by your weaving and vice versa. Um, so I work for a museum called the American Academy of Arts and Letters. So I'm responsible for all their, I guess, all their mostly book publication, uh, so print design, and the style of the academy um it's very traditional like it's a baskerville font only so i enjoy that it's kind of this tie between an old visual style and then you know they have you know um exhibitions every year so they have they do have modern contemporary artwork so i kind of enjoy that um comparison or like blending of what's older and what's new. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's mostly books and also uh, web design and photography for them. And, 
I have to say they have allowed me to work from home since I had uh, kids. So mm-hmm. I think that's one of the ways that um, I've been able to kind of balance uh, my work with, you know, having kids, letting them be around uh, weaving and art and being creative. So it's I've been there for maybe almost 15 years and uh, I love the place and I'm so grateful to them. Yeah. So speaking of kids, I was really lucky to get to meet you in person. You came to visit our studio a couple months ago, I think, and you brought your yes. wonderful daughter with you. And she was really young and also totally, I could tell, in love with weaving and with yarn. And I'm curious how you work to really cultivate her own artistic style and sense and um, yes. how you've gotten her uh, so into it. She um, she can totally work a floor loom. Like, you know, she knows how to pass the shuttle through the threads and then kind of uh, pull the beater, you know, push it back. So I think it's not so much intentionally um, sitting down with her and showing her how to weave. It's more like the exposure mm-hmm. to weaving and being um, – and I guess making stuff every day because that's um, – you know – Working from home, that's one of the things she sees is that, you know, I'm always kind of working with my hands or working on something. And she kind of just picks it up and wants to participate and wants to share (laughs) pretty much everything. Um, So, you know, it's been great that she has an enthusiasm, you know, for making. And I'm glad that we're able to do it together. Yeah. Yeah, that's really wonderful. So I'm wondering if you have advice for newer weavers, because it sounds like you haven't been weaving for that many years, but you totally dived into it and, you know, are now restoring your own looms and have all sorts of different kinds of experiences. And how do you suggest that people get started if they're dipping their toe in the water? Oh, so, (laughs) you know, what I did to learn weaving was I really just kept reading about it and you know, I just, as soon as I figured out you can make fabric, I was like, I'm going to, you know, I'm just, I'm going to get a loom. I'm going to try it. And there's a lot of help out there, you know, just yarn, you know, you publish uh, patterns or drafts. And there's a lot of resources, I feel like now, especially with technology, Facebook groups, uh, there's a lot of ways to learn that weren't really available before. So I think this really opens up the ability for people to even start weaving. Um, You know, I've been, you know, an artist for how long? And I, um, you know, it's kind of sad, but I was completely ignorant, you know, of weaving, um, of, you know, what a loom was or how it works. So I feel like there's definitely room for more people to know about it. So I would say, you know, continue at it because it's a slow and kind of a tedious process. Um, but, you know, it's so worth it. It's, I feel like it's so good for you. And also, you know, share it, you know, share it with people who might want to learn too, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I know it's not weaving, but I was really intrigued on your website looking at the 24 hours, 24 waves paintings. And Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if you could describe those a little bit and share about the process of making those. Sure. Um, So 24 hours, 24 waves is kind of um, 
Um, I started those with the same process of taking a like painting something, taking it away, and then so it's kind of that reductive process. But each wave was made with like a single stroke. So by doing that, it had to be kind of like the perfect stroke. So get it once and then leave it alone. Um, so yeah, it was that process of kind of making a painting, um, kind of erasing it completely until I was able to make um, a stroke that I felt really represented a, a time of day. So each painting is kind of dedicated to an hour of the day based on like the color and the kind of quality of light that it makes. Hmm. We'll link to those on the, on the show notes of the website so people can take a look if they want to see sure. them. So what is on the horizon for your future? What kinds of projects and pieces and learning are you getting excited about? Um, so this is like super recent, really, really recent, but I am working on making uh, Filipino uh, indigenous textiles available here in, hmm. you know, New York or the U.S. Um, and maybe um, creating garments from uh, hand-woven fabric uh, with weavers in the Philippines. So that's completely new. Um, and it's definitely still in the works. But I'm so excited about it. And I hope it's something I will be able to do because I feel like there's a need um for a lot of people to kind of experience or be closer to um, their identity. And I feel like this is one of the ways that um, it's possible. Oh, wow. That's really exciting. So how, what is that collaboration looking like? What, it, what is that going to be? Um, it's mostly uh, sourcing weavers to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, also sourcing people who um, would either um, make the, garments themselves or if I would make them myself Um, and also it's kind of navigating um, you know because there's such a a distance barrier uh, navigating how to work with people who are far but also to make sure that uh, they are paid well you know um, it's that we even can be part of their lifestyle without it um, being, you know, um, I guess difficult or in a, I don't want to say, maybe you can edit this. I don't want to say like a, like sweatshop, mm-hmm. you know, how mass marketed sure, sure, sure. Uh, materials. So I really feel that, you know, a lot of cheaper mass marketed clothing, you know, contributes to a lot of you know waste despite it being cheap and you know available and I'm not saying I don't wear anything from those kinds of places but I feel like there's a place to especially in the economy to promote um, things that are made by hand things are that are made in a slow way and I do hope that uh, more people learn their value especially Mm -hmm. you know value to um, help communities um, and to also keep uh, traditions alive. That sounds really exciting and important. I'm excited to follow along and watch as you develop that. Where Thank can, you. 
Where can people go online and on social media to learn more about you and your work and this project you're working on? Uh, so I, my website is katageneta.com. So that's K-A-T-T-E, Janetta, G-E-N-E-T-A.com. And same thing on Instagram and Facebook. And feel free to message me if you want to talk about weaving because or lose because I will engage in very long conversation about weaving with you. So if you ever want to chat with someone, uh, feel free to add me. Um, and for my project coming up, it's not on my website yet, but I hope it will be soon. That's great. And do you have any closing advice or words of wisdom for weavers out there? Um, I, I think primarily is to value it, you know, know that it's important. Because it's kind of, you know, it's such a small, right now, small, um, few people do it. So I think it's important we treat it, like, uh, with respect. And, um, you know, if we value it, I think other people will also realize the value of creating things, making things, and, you know, wearing something you've made. Uh, you know, it's it's a wonderful gift to yourself and to other people so I think that would be it to um, to kind of treasure it that's great Kate thank you so much for taking the time to come on and share your story with the podcast today and thank you for the projects that you share with our Just Yarn community I'm so glad we're connected yes thank you too that's a wrap if you're interested in finding out more about Kate, you can find links to her website in the show notes at www.justyarn.com slash episode 83. Next week on the podcast, I'm speaking with Alicia Reyes, who was once a knitter that became curious of other fiber arts and learned fiber processing and spinning on a farm. She is now the founder of the Fiber Circle Studio, a fiber studio located in the beautiful wine country of Northern California. So stay tuned next week for that episode. Until next time, happy weaving! <laughs>